Give peace, O Lord, to those who patiently wait for Thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The exodus had only begun. Pharaoh's chariots were not far, and a certain death or enslavement drew near as Israel stood before the waters of the Red Sea. By the many wonders wrought in Egypt, the Israelites had been taught to trust in the Lord their God, patiently to wait for Him, for His hour, for His mercy. But a now imminent danger, an apparent defeat, had broken the resolve of many, and they murmured against Moses as he led them to a deliverance now seemingly undone. The Lord spoke to Moses and commanded him, and he in turn spoke to Israel, saying, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. Surrounded by troubled waters lifted miraculously around them, Israel crossed the bed of the Red Sea on dry land and watched as their enemies were devoured by those same deadly and saving waters. In this Sunday's Gospel, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things were made, He, the very God before whom the waters of the Red Sea fled, who only a few verses before this passage in the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew had calmed the raging waters and winds of the Sea of Galilee, He, who but a few chapters hence would be seen walking on these same waters, deigns in this Sunday's Gospel to cross the Sea of Galilee in a humble bark. Yet the first of today's miracles is greater than all these others. We confess in our sacred creeds that Jesus Christ, our God, became man for our salvation. That is, to wage a relentless war on sin, to destroy its dominion over us, and to raise us to divine life. The true miracle of today's gospel, and of which the parting of the waters of the Red Sea and the healing of the paralytic are external reflections, occurs in the paralytic's soul. No physical wonder with which our Lord has adorned the heavens or the earth or by which man has embellished our Lord's creation could ever equal the beauty of a soul freed from sin. The paralytic's body still languishes before our Lord's second miracle in today's gospel. However, before the unbelieving scribes hostile to our Lord, the paralytic soul shines unseen. It is often so that the works of grace frustrate us by their seeming elusiveness, We prefer visible victories and frequent reassurances, but our Lord spurned earthly glory during his life to fight an often hidden war, to win for us battles beyond our strength, and to prepare unexpected victories for those who patiently wait for him, who wait for his hour. Yet still, our Lord reigns yesterday, today, and forever, and his action in our world, in his church, and in our souls cannot be stopped if we but open our will to his divine grace. The church's true triumphs are often invisible, but always inevitable. And one of the greatest graces our Lord can grant to our souls is a great time of trial. The trial like the just man Job, or of the just Tobias, whose stories have recently been read by the church's sacred ministers at the Holy Office of Matins. Like for them, it is good for us if... No matter what we suffer or how things appear to us, we believe in our Lord's reign and in the fidelity of his promise for the sole reason that he is God and always faithful. As John the Bishop tells us, the bark our Lord uses in this Sunday's Gospel is an image of Holy Mother of the Church. Rabanus Mauro sees in its wood the wood of the sacred cross of our Lord. And thus, before our eyes, 
unfolds an image of the resplendent miracle of our salvation. All we, like the paralytic, have languished in the death of sin, by which the soul is paralyzed, unable to walk in the charity of the Lord our God. The Church, in her many ministers, by the power of the cross, comes to our soul across the saving waters of baptism, ready to grant new life to the spiritually paralyzed or to restore it. Yet, in the administration of the powers of the given to the Church, at its helm is always our Lord Jesus Christ. It is He who truly rules the Church, who leads us like sheep. It is to each of us who have recourse to the saving power of His cross that He addresses the words of today's Gospel. Take heart, son, thy sins are forgiven. In every absolution we receive from a priest, no matter who this latter may be, or even, God forbid, how unworthy he may be to share in the sacred priesthood of Jesus Christ. It is always God the Son who washes our sins in his most precious blood. It is he who says to each of us, Take heart. Take heart indeed, for how could we be despondent when the second person of the Most Holy Trinity has deigned to become a man like us, to bear the fullness of our sins, to sanctify our sufferings, and to ennoble us with his divinity? Our God will never let the work of his salvation be frustrated in our soul unless we willingly reject it. Many of us are troubled by the state of our nations, and who among us does not weep to see Holy Mother Church mocked, abused, abandoned, and worse betrayed by her ministers? But like the Blessed Virgin Mary, St. John the Apostle, and the holy women on the sorrowful way of the cross as they accompanied our suffering Lord, we accompany our Holy Mother the Church on the way of her passion, as she is remade in the image of her Bridegroom and Lord through suffering and ignominy. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, let us now confess the Church's divinity as Our Lady most especially then confessed our Lord's divinity. The new Moses, Jesus Christ, who has given us the new law of salvation, has led his Church once again to the shores of the Red Sea. Satan's charioteers, the fallen angels, bear down on us from all sides, and though we fear the ferocity of their attacks on our manner of worship, on the moral law, and on the very fabric of our nations, let us turn to our new Moses and calmly say with the words of today's introit, Give peace, O Lord, to those who patiently wait for thee. He will hear the prayer of his people and restore his church to the glory that is rightfully hers when the hour of his will has come. We need only patiently and lovingly continue in the faith of our fathers, remembering that our Lord's greatest victory occurs in our very souls when his blood cleanses us from sin. The hour is coming and is now here when the troubled waters of this world will rise before us and we will walk behind our Lord on dry land. In the coming triumph of the Church, but most especially in the final triumph with our Lord and Blessed Mother, we will watch in safety as the blood and water flowing from our Lord's sacred and pierced heart wash away the enemies of our soul. Let us, therefore, continue the sanctification of our own soul for the glorification of Holy Mother Church so that, through Our Lady's intercession and by following her faithful example at the foot of the cross, we may merit to hear from our Lord, take heart, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.